A fika is a very Swedish custom which basically means that you take a break from your activity to have a cup of coffee or tea and maybe eat something sweet. In Fika With Us, we are inviting you to join us for a fika and listen to different topics regarding international student life at Linköping University. In this episode of Fika with us, we're joined by Julia, the co-host of this podcast and soon-to-be graduate from Linköping University. Today's episode will be a little bit different as you'll get to know more about the two people that have been hosting the podcast over the past year. How did we get here? My name is Rebecca and let's start the Fika. Julia. Hello, Rebecca. Funny to see you here. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to host a podcast episode together. So we've done this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and several times, but just in case there's anyone listening that has not listened to any other episode before, let's do some introductions. Sure. So I'm Julia. As Rebecca already announced, I'm a soon-to-be graduate uh, of Lean Shopping University. Um, so I've been here for Almost three years, I've been studying the International Bachelor's Program, Experimental and Industrial Biomedicine. Yeah, I don't think. Oh, my favorite fika. <laughs> uh, I can I can gladly say carrot cake because that's what I had last weekend for Valboy, uh, and it was delicious. <laughs> All right, and I'll introduce myself as well. My name is Rebecca. I'm doing the International Master's Program in Applied Ethology and Animal Biology, which is a very long name. But it basically focuses on animal behavior. I'm also a soon-to-be graduate. <laughs> I've been in Sweden for almost two years. It's It's been a journey. Uh, it was COVID time, so all of it was COVID time. But it was very, very nice. And my favorite fika, I actually made fika for my corridor last Sunday. So, But I made something very simple because I didn't have a lot of time. But I will <laughs> say vanilla cake because it's very quick and easy to make. And always a very, very good go-to. Mm, that sounds really good. And I mean, guys, if you're listening and you're getting hungry right now, we do have an episode about Swedish fika. Yes. Um, so listen to that and get some inspiration. Maybe bake something for your corridor friends. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You can't be, you can't claim to have lived the Swedish experience without having had a good, a good fika. Yeah, I think fika will stay with me forever. It's my mm. favorite thing of all. <laughs> Let's get into the big question, which is how do we get here? And to me, I came to do my master's program, but do you came here for your bachelor's? And that always fascinates me because when I was fresh out of high school, I was just terrified of everything and, ev <laughs> and everyone <laughs> and moving out of the house and everything. So I cannot imagine moving to a different country. What made you make this decision? Well, it's a lot of different factors. Um, I've probably talked about this before a little bit, but it wasn't that I was fresh out of high school. I think I probably would have made a different decision back then as well. But after I finished high school, I actually went on to work in a hospital um, just as a nursing assistant, if you can call it that, for a couple of months because I originally wanted to get into medical school and that's sort of a requirement to do this internship. Mm. Um so I sort of worked a little bit. Well, it wasn't paid, but 
the work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, those things you do after high school, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I actually moved to Australia for a year to do like a work and travel visa. Uh, and I feel like that was when I made like, you know, like there was a, a click in my brain. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you've been learning English for such a long time in high school, but it's not the real thing. If you only learn from non-native speakers, your English can never be like on a native level, mm-hmm. right? So when I was living in Australia, like it was suddenly really fun to speak English and it wasn't something <laughs> to be afraid of, right? Um, so I feel like that's really when I I learned English. Mm. Uh, and I didn't want to lose that. I was like, I've, I've been living in this super international environment. I've been having so great like experiences. I, I didn't want to, it sounds bad, but I didn't want to go back to boring old Germany and, you know, start studying <laughs> <can> somewhere <laughs> and, you know, just talk German all day after I've been putting so much effort into speaking proper English, right? Mm. Um, so once I realized that mm, maybe medical school is not going to work out because it's highly competitive, I was looking into alternatives um, and I was, I've always liked the Scandinavia and I mean, you don't have to pay for your for your studies here. Mm, There's no yeah. tuition fees for EU citizens, which of course is a huge plus. Uh, so I looked into Denmark and then I looked into Sweden and I found this program and I thought, wow, this sounds really, really interesting. Um, but of course, it's always a bit difficult to know if you actually meet the requirements. Mm. Um, but I was like, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. I, I applied in the national round and then... Well, I also applied at different universities in Germany because I, I, I really couldn't, you know, figure out if I'm go- if I even have a chance to get in here. Mm, yeah. uh, and I think sometimes in sometime in June, I got my admission. I was like, I'm moving to Sweden. Yeah. I am moving to Sweden. <laughs> and all my friends were like, you're doing what? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm moving to Sweden in a month. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's how I uh, moved to Sweden. Wow, that sounds like a journey. So... When did you start? Was it 2019? Yeah, exactly. In and August. How old were you when you started the program? If it's not indecent to ask. 20. Yeah, I 20. think I was 20. Yeah. Oh, wow. So a little, you know, a few years out of high school. I think that was pretty good timing. Like, because my class is really mixed as well. Mm. Like there's a lot of people who just finished their IB or high school. They're not even allowed to go to Sustainbologet. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's young. true. Uh, but then we also have some people who've studied other programs before or parts of other programs, people who've been working as well. So I felt like I was right in the golden middle. Like I had some life experience, but, you know. Not too uh, much. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, that sounds amazing. That's that's amazing. Yeah. And you moved here a year later, 2020. Yes, I moved here in 2020. Um, I did not um, apply directly after my bachelor's. So I finished high school uh, at 18 and I went directly into a bachelor's program back in Portugal, Um, uh, which is what most people do, I think. I don't think it's very common in Portugal to do like a gap year or to work for a little bit and then do your degree. So, yeah, I went into a bachelor's degree in biology and that was three years. But my last year was an exchange year in Australia, (laughs) a common denominator. (laughs) Um, It was like my dream land to go to. I I was just like, 
Australia is a biologist's playground. Yes. Absolutely. There are so many weird animals and I was just like, oh my God, (laughs) all of this is so fun. This is amazing. And I had, I had played around with the idea of doing my master's in Australia. So, which is why I just jumped at the opportunity of being able to do exchange there because Mm -hmm. it's like, I get to try this out without any long-term commitment, without having the consequence of like, okay, I've invested the money and I've moved here. So I was there for a year and I learned a lot. And one of the things that I learned is that for international students, it is very, very expensive (laughs) to study in Australia. And the teaching style was quite practical, but I also noticed that it was quite normal to have a job at the same time that you're Mm -hmm. studying to kind of support yourself while you're studying. So you end up studying less and having a part-time job which is usually in a field that's not related to what I wanted to study at all. Most people work in shops, restaurants, cafes, things like that. So to me, who's someone that's wanted to study animal behavior, that's not really related to what I wanted to do. So I figured that's not exactly the kind of education I wanted. At least, you know, it could be a PhD, maybe, I don't know. Mm. But for a master's program specifically, I was like, I think I will stay in Europe. Mm. Also because everything in Australia is very big and I'm so used to everything being just like a 10 minute walk away. (laughs) And in Australia, it's like, it took me sometimes an hour and a half to get into the city center, depending on traffic and how the transportation was doing. And that was just a a bit strange. So then I moved back home and I was just a little bit lost because Australia was the one thing that I was like, oh, I I would love to do a master's in Australia. But Mm -hmm. then I very much reached the conclusion that that was not what I wanted to do. So then it was like, what do I want to do? I know I want to do a master's program because just a bachelor's in biology doesn't really get you into the professional world that much. It's kind of a requirement that you do a master's degree in something after a bachelor's in biology. But I also knew I didn't want to stay in Portugal. Mm -hmm. Um, Not... Not necessarily because I think Portugal is boring. I would say it's more because I, I'm i half German. So I, I have half of these two quite different cultures. So I have a more Nordic style culture and Portugal is more of a Southern <laughs> style <laughs> culture, so to speak. Uh, if you've come in contact with these cultures, you probably know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Um, but what I personally wanted is just if I wanted to go into research uh, and, and get somewhat well paid in Portugal, that is a bit difficult. Mm. There, I mean, research is a bit hard everywhere, especially when you're working in fields like biology and ecology. There's a limited amount of spots. There's quite a bit of competition. And a lot of times the pay is a bit, you know, it's enough for you to live, but it's mm. not the same that an engineer or a data scientist yeah. would earn. Yeah. So I was like, I feel like my quality of life is going to be better better in Northern Europe. And if I want to go there, I want to make connections somewhere there. Yeah. So for me, it was never Sweden specifically. I was just, <laughs> when I decided, okay, I'm going to look for masters. I was just like, master programs, <laughs> animal behavior, Europe. <laughs> and it's a surprisingly niche field. Oh. So there were not that many options in Europe. I think there were there were two in England. And I was like, mm, Brexit. Mm-hmm. And it's also a bit expensive. Not as expensive as Australia, but still... A lot of money. And since it's no longer in the European Union, it does take a lot. You need visas. You need to actually plan things a lot better. And I was like, I think I want to stay 
within the Schengen area. <laughs> so Sweden popped up and, and this bachelor's program popped up and there was another one in the Netherlands, I think. I think you mean master's program. Yeah, yeah, master's program, <laughs> master's program. <laughs> um, and then it was like Netherlands, Sweden. And I was like, okay, Netherlands, you know, it's kind of next to Germany. So like the culture is going to be similar and you have to pay for it. And like Sweden is a bit different. I've been to Sweden like once in my life. But it's kind of nice. And yeah, then- like I, w- I was <laughs> saying, like when I made the decision to apply to Swedish university and to, well, eventually move to Sweden, I've only been to Stockholm for a week with mm. high school. Um, but on the other hand, I sort of grew up with so much Swedish culture and I, I never really really realized that, but my mom, she's like the biggest fan of Astrid Lindgren. So I got to read oh, all yeah, the books. Yeah, I remember reading those books. Yeah, <laughs> like all the movies I was allowed to watch were like Pippi Longstocking and yes. all those things. I remember and, and listening now, to the yeah. audiobook. <laughs> now I'm looking back and I'm like, wow, mom, this was not a surprise. I ended up in Sweden. Yeah. It's yeah. just Sweden, I don't know, It, it back then it was just like, yeah, it sounds sounds nice. It sounds I think nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have a good time there. Yeah. And well I did. Like it's my home. Yeah. The thing that struck me the most was really how calm a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. And in Portugal I was used to people hustling a lot and you know, and, and there in a lot of professions you're quite overworked, so you're kind of stressing and you're working late hours. And in, in Sweden the thing I noticed is that People are very uh, respectful of your personal time. Yeah. And work-life balance is really a thing here. Yes. And and this sounds very cliche, but it was one of the first things I noticed is that people weren't running places. They weren't super stressed. You know, you're in the street and people are, you know, they're walking. Sometimes they're walking with a purpose. Um, <laughs> but there really is an atmosphere of people are more relaxed. Unless you go to Stockholm, then (laughs) things might be a bit different. (laughs) Stockholm is a very, very big uh, mix of just absolutely everything. But I'm talking about Linköping specifically. And it was also just amazing to be able to speak English to these people that Mm -hmm. are clearly not, well, native English speakers, they're they're Swedish. But I just found it so amazing (laughs) that it's like most places you can talk to people in English. And I always mm. feel bad for making people speak English. So I'm just always like, I'm sorry, my Swedish is not very good. Do you think we <laughs> could do this in English? And most of the time they're like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that is just very inviting and, and that really helped make me feel at home here. Yeah, definitely. No, I can agree to that. Oh, and one thing I, I very much need to clarify. I don't think Germany is boring, <laughs> but for someone, you know, I, I don't want to offend anyone, but I mean, I grew up in Germany. That's all I knew until the point I moved to Australia. And I think it was, we were in a bit of a similar situation after coming back from there. Cause for me, it felt like, I felt like in a hole. Cause I'm like, so what's my purpose now? What am <laughs> yes. I supposed to do? Like I literally, I was supposed to prepare university applications and, and so on. I lasted a week in Germany and then I went traveling around Europe. Cause <laughs> I just, I couldn't, you know, sit still i i needed to be somewhere and do something um so i think i think we're sort of uh we're in a similar situation there uh and i think that's also true for like being an ambassador i applied for this job i don't know in my second month here Mm. i was not even qualified 
<laughs> no, no, but you you do an interview, so obviously yeah. something captured their attention, of course. Yeah, and I'm I'm really glad it did because this has been so much fun, and I think this has added so much to my university experience as well. Yeah, like it's been really nice pre-COVID <laughs> to meet high school students at like student fairs and to talk to them about my program yeah. and about my experience here as an international student. Uh, and especially this year, uh, I've been talking to so many prospective students uh, and a couple of them, they emailed me, it's like, Julia, I got accepted. I yes. got, I, I'm going yes. to lean shopping and I'm so excited. And, and I was like, wow, like you really can do an impact and you can really like help people in a way. Yes, yes. And I, I've had similar experiences as well, you know, when, when we have the Instagram takeovers, um, I've had people ask me a lot of questions about the program, people that are still, they just started high school mm. and they're already thinking about where they want to do their masters. <laughs> um, and I had no idea what I was doing because I, I, when I came back from Australia, you, you apply for Sweden, you know, the applications open in like October and then they close in January for the following, like August. Yeah. So between my bachelor's and my master's, I ended up having a year where I wasn't really studying full time because I'd already finished my bachelor's, but I had been late for all the master's mm -hmm. applications. But it is quite overwhelming to do exchange for an entire year in a different country. Um, and, and that's why I ended up making that decision. But I don't regret it because I had the time to um, sort a lot of things out. You know, I, I did some, you know, internships, on unpaid internships. <laughs> uh, and I got my driver's license, which I also wanted to do before going to Sweden because yeah. it's cheaper in Portugal. Um, <laughs> but it's also valid in Sweden because it's um, a European yeah. driver's license. So there's a, there was a few things that I wanted to get in order and I really felt prepared and ready to move to Sweden by the end of it. And yeah. I, I think that was, that was very helpful. But that's really nice because, I mean, Right now, it's really, like, stressful and demanding. Like, I didn't know that applying for master's can take so much time of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I mean, I'm currently just, you know, finishing up everything, having the last examinations, planning the graduation, uh, and at the same time applying for universities. And then I want so many documents and motivational letters and then a test here, an interview there. And also the, the constant waiting, I think that's the hardest part, Yeah, waiting for, for their decision. Um, and unfortunately, I won't be staying at Linköping University or Sweden, um, which also feels weird. Like that's some, like some emotional packaging that I yeah. need to do. <laughs> like leaving everything that you've built up for these three years is hard. Mm. Three years is oh. a long time. Yeah. It's, it's a weird feeling. I don't really know how to deal with it yet. Like sometimes I'm walking through lean shopping and I'm like, yeah, I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to miss this place. Because I mean, besides everything, like even with uh, COVID happening, uh, I can still say that these three years were pretty damn awesome. So. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not in a similar situation because my <laughs> path of study is either a PhD or it ends here. So I'm going through a small existential crisis <laughs> to figure out what I do after the summer. Um, I managed to get a little summer job, so I have a little bit of breathing room, which is mm -hmm. very, very nice to have. 
Um, but unfortunately, it's also a bit difficult to get summer jobs um, unless you speak Swedish. But I managed. I'm very happy about that because <laughs> I, I have some time to figure out my CV and ap- applying for jobs. And I know the the university has some resources to kind of prepare you for the working world. But even then, it's still, I'm doing this for the first time. I've done part-time jobs here and there, but they never feel as, you know, serious. Yeah. And like, I've submitted CVs before. I've had interviews before, but it was always for low stakes jobs. Mm. So if I didn't get it, it wouldn't be like, and I'm now, very, yeah. very sad. And now, <laughs> and now I don't proper, have the place to like live. Like something yes. long-term, preferably as well. Um, and that is terrifying, mm. but at the same time, so exciting because I don't know what it's like to not study. <laughs> yeah, I've been a student for <laughs> as long as I can remember. I mean, I've been in school. I did my bachelor's even during that kind of half year that I was applying for master's programs. I was still doing internships. Mm. So I don't know what it feels like to have a full-time job and and being fully responsible for myself. Um, But I think it's going to be a a very, very nice step. Um, But yeah. I mean, at the same time, uh, even though I know I'm leaving, I'm still so excited for the new students that are going to start. Mm. Uh, after the summer I mean I'm also involved with like planning the welcome period for after the summer and I'm like yeah I want these people to have a really good time here yeah Um, it's like it's the little baby yeah right we've we've been working on it for a while Um, I've been whispering here and there uh, working towards like inclusion of international students Mm. and the welcome period in 2022 is definitely going to be very different uh, in I remember in 2020, we had two student organizations there to welcome us, and it was ESN and ESA, which are mm. the two that everyone knows. But for the welcome period in 22, we already have like this collaboration with a bunch of other uh, organizations that are primarily Swedish, but they've started to get more involved with the international students, and they want to have presence on arrival days, for example, and co- cooperate during the welcome period so that the I mean the master students which is the the ones that that are mostly arriving at Campus Vala so that they can also get to know all the student associations out there because back during corona times I I got to know those two and getting to know the rest was a bit up to me Mm. but things have changed and in a pretty short amount of time I mean it's been two years that's not a very long amount of time in terms of university years so yeah. to speak so it's amazing for me to see that things have changed for the better mm-hmm. it's it's much more inclusive and there's like the small pride because I was slightly involved in it so I'm yeah, just like, it's like oh, yeah I you made a difference an, yeah you can make an impact and that's also what I've experienced with the section board work I've been doing uh, so the section basically represents different programs at this university towards the student union and the university, of course. Um, And that's been hard, of course, and like time demanding, but really rewarding in a Mm. way. Like you have so many possibilities to influence student life and your education here, which I think is really nice. Mm. And I I actually have a question for you. Um, I'm just curious, what is like your favorite memory of your program specifically? Was it like a course you really liked or a lab you really liked? 
or a favorite animal that you met? <laughs> <laughs> that is a great question. Um, I think my program is really, really focused on the practical aspect. So in terms of theoretical knowledge, because my bachelor's was so intense, mm -hmm. a lot of the things I had already heard of. So it wasn't really something new. It was either going a little bit deeper into some topics that I had already heard about, but didn't know that much about, or it was already things that I was repeating, which it's not bad to refresh things when you're doing a master's, you're specializing. So that's also good. But the practical aspect is definitely the one that left the biggest impression. I would say we have this zoo biology course where we it's heavily uh, interactive with Kormoden Zoo. Mm -hmm. um, and so during During COVID, it was not possible to be there 24-7. But the students this year, for example, they were there, they were living there during oh, the week. Oh, that's so fun. So <laughs> you get to live at the zoo and you get to see what the vets are doing. You get mm -hmm. to see what the zookeepers are doing. And you get to see what the people responsible for like the education are doing. And I think it's just so fascinating to learn how zoos work because it's very easy to make assumptions about zoos and I know quite a few people have opinions about zoos it's like should they exist should they not exist mm -hmm. are they ethical are they unethical um and it it was really really interesting to see how they work from the inside and that certified zoos are actually doing a lot for conservation and research and there's so many things going on behind the scenes that we as a visitor to the zoo maybe don't see and there for certified zoos there's definitely a lot of care that goes into making sure that the animals are you know healthy but also happy in the sense of there's certain like stress behaviors that you try to avoid by providing you know certain stimuli and i think that in general is just so interesting mm. and i think yeah i would say that's that's the one probably mm. obviously not excluding my thesis because <laughs> my, the thesis in my program is one year long yeah so it's 60 credits it's a long time um but it's because when you're studying animals you're usually dependent on weather and time of the year so This is why it's a bigger thesis and your data collection is going to take <laughs> quite a while. But I had the opportunity to go onto this um, little island, which is south of Karlskrona. Mm -hmm. It's called Utklipan. You can Google it if you want. It's a very, very small rock. <laughs> <laughs> There's like five houses on top of it. Um, and we, we were there for three weeks. There was barely any phone reception. Uh, there was <laughs> no running water due to a technical problem, but we had a sauna, so we had to like wash in a bucket, but luckily the weather was quite nice in June and it was three weeks to uh, study seals because there's a, a small seal colony that likes to hang out in the area. And that to me was just like, yes, this is, this is what I want to do. This is, I'm a field biologist, hundred percent. So it's, it's very much about being out there. It's like probably not in the best conditions, <laughs> but that really makes you value your own room. Then it's like, oh, running water. I can take a 20 minute shower yeah. and the water is not going to run out. <laughs> um, and, and you're surrounded by these animals. And, and I took so many pictures of the seals and the birds and, Oh, it was it was great. I'm so happy about the experience. Yeah, it's it's really fun to hear about this. I mean, our programs are quite different, but also yeah. sort of similar in a way. Because I mean, 
both sort of aim at research, even yeah. if it's different things you're researching mm. in a way. Yeah. How, what was your thesis about? I remember it was something quite, you know, technical. <laughs> <laughs> I have some knowledge in molecular and cell biology because of my bachelor's, mm. but I wouldn't call myself proficient in it, but maybe I can understand I, it. I, I try to keep it basic. Um, Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> it, it, it's been a while because, I mean, I started my thesis in 2021, oh, August yeah. till January 2022. So one semester. Mm. Is it one semester? Yeah, yes, that's one semester. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, <laughs> no, um, because I studied biomedicine, it was, of course, supposed to be in, in that field. And um, I'm personally very interested in neuroscience, mm. uh, especially neurodegeneration that you have in diseases such as Alzheimer's or Parkinson's disease, etc. Um, but of course, it's really, really hard to study a whole disease. So you sort of need to break it down in little, little bits and pieces. Um, so in our body, we have so-called ribosomes mm -hmm. um, and they're translate. There's, I'm, I'm going to break it down very easy, but basically we have our DNA that gives instructions to the body on how to make cells, right? And these cells make up our body. Uh, and ribosomes are basically translating the information into proteins. The proteins in turn make up the cells. The cells make up our body. <laughs> yes, we, we're all here. Uh, <laughs> we <laughs> including exist. <me>. <laughs> we have cells, therefore we yeah. exist. <laughs> exactly. And so for such a long time, everyone thought that ribosomes are simply the same. Mm throughout the whole body it's like oh this is a ribosome it's exactly like the neighboring ribosome and the ribosome mm. next to that but that is not true uh there are indeed different uh and they can be you know changed by mutations or by stress that is you know acted on the cell um and that can actually you know be associated with disease and can have implications in like new degeneration uh in cancer but also uh, ribosomopathies, like there's a lot going on. <laughs> so I studied one specific protein, one specific ribosomal protein, RPS25, mm. which is like one out of almost 80 ribosomal proteins. Um, so yeah, did a bit of cell culture work, which are like my babies. <laughs> it's basically culturing cells in a plastic dish and trying to keep them alive and happy. So it's... So it's Almost similar like having a kid because, you know, they require you love. And if you don't love them, they might die. And that's, of course, not good for your for your experiment. Yeah, I can imagine that. Mm. <laughs> so I want to return your question back to you. Was there anything in your specific program that really stood out to you? And you were like, this, this is why I came here and this is why I do this. I mean, I think it has like... It is quite a broad program, but I mean, of course, it's a bachelor's program. Mm. There's not much else to expect. And I think it has really given me a good overview of all the different topics that are there uh, and a good theoretical background as well. Um, and I would say like my favorite, like there is not one certain favorite memory that stands out. It's more like the overall development I've been going through as well not only as a student like 
going to university for the first time is very challenging. Mm, Writing yeah. university exams for the first time is very challenging. Assignments, group yes. assignments. Yes, group work. Wow, Sweden, you do love group work. Um, <laughs> something you need to get used to as well. But at the same time, it has also like started this development as a researcher in a way. Especially if you're very proactive, there is opportunities to work in a lab besides your studies, to do, of course, your thesis in a, in a wet lab if you want to. Uh, and again, if you're proactive, you have so many possibilities of making connections. Um, like, was it in, in April, there was a symposium organized at the university and students were, you know, invited to attend if they like. And I was just looking around, I'm like, I know that person and I know that person and I know that person. I was like, I know so many people here, which I think means I've done a good job in networking. <laughs> yes, that <laughs> um, is how that works. <laughs> yeah, and and I feel like that's also sort of like an accomplishment. After being here for three years, you, you're well connected and, you know, you've done good work in a way. Um, yeah, I think... It's another baby of mine. <laughs> I've been growing as a scientist, you know, that's what I came here for. And now it's yeah. um, time to spread the wings and go elsewhere. So poetic. Thank you. I've worked on this line for a week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we should also talk a little bit maybe about how this podcast first got started, because it has been a while. Oh, yes. And I was not here when the podcast first happened because COVID came along. <laughs> yeah. So actually the podcast, another baby of mine. <laughs> I have many babies in lane shopping, apparently. Um, no, because when I started working as an ambassador in 2019, uh, I've always had this idea. It's like, I like podcasts. Like I personally like just to listen to them, have them in the background. And I thought we should do this. <laughs> yes. so, yeah. So I talked to my, um, I, my supervisor and she's like, yeah, yeah, that, that sounds really nice. And actually there's two other ambassadors who also started talking about a podcast at the same time. Um, we didn't know each other back then. So we were put in a work group. We we're like, so you're the three guys who wanted to do this. How do so we you're do doing this? this. <laughs> <laughs> and then we decided on a date for like the first recordings, um, luckily in person as well. And we were like starting to think about a name and we're like, oh, it needs to represent like the university, but also Sweden and student life. And it just needs to be a good name. So we were doing some brainstorming. Um, and actually... Our editor, he came up, I think, I'm pretty sure he came up with the idea. And he was like, oh, Fika, something with Fika, Swedish Fika, it's so Swedish, blah, blah. Fika with us. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah. And that's how we, it was We born. do this. <laughs> and that's how the baby was born. And especially like the first few episodes were always like, well, exciting and made you super nervous because you, yeah. you were not used to doing podcasts at all. Uh, and I mean, back then it was three different hosts. So we would sort of like take turns and invite our classmates and be like, do you want to be on a podcast? Come and join me, please. We need, <laughs> we need guests. You know, we were just getting started and we're just doing mostly like general, general episodes about like student life. Um, well, and doing COVID things change, of course, a bit. So I think the podcast has been through like a lot of... Yeah. changes and yeah. developments but I think where we are right now is a really really good point yeah. like I really like that we cover a lot of like broad topics for students 
who are at Linköping University, but also prospective students. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's great. I came along later because I I came to Sweden in in August 2020, so it was already full COVID, and I guess the podcast was a bit on pause then. Mm. Um, but when I was first applying to be an ambassador, I was like, I heard you have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to do Let podcasting. Me join it. <laughs> um, but also because yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of podcasts, and it's really nice to have them in the background, especially conversational podcasts. Mm. You know, very relaxing ones. Um, and it's so informative at the yeah, same time. Yeah, and you can you can listen to it while you're doing your laundry or you know uh, doing other chores uh, or any mindless task really. So when I heard there was one, I was so excited, and I <laughs> I know I kept bothering <laughs> the people. It's like, when's the podcast gonna happen? Can I participate in the podcast? <laughs> and it was almost half a year later. Uh, it was January, and I was going. I was having the zoo biology course, so we were coming and going from the zoo almost every day because we couldn't sleep there because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but the recording was scheduled for one of those days, and I was like, oh, the bus is late. I'm gonna be late for the. Re- <laughs> for the recording so then I texted my friend and he was like no no I I live next to uni so you can just come to my place and I have a headset so like I'll set everything up yeah just like don't worry about it instead of biking home and adding an extra 15 minutes yeah just come like to my place and you can record it here so like I did it and I ran to it and I was like and I'm like I'm so sorry I'm late and then <laughs> we recorded the I think it was corridor life in COVID times or something mm. and we recorded that online from my friend's computer and I was just so thrilled after that first recording. I was like, oh my God, this was amazing. <laughs> and then I just never let go. <laughs> and I, I kept bothering like, when are we recording the next one? I want to record <laughs> more podcast episodes. So I feel like this is really the perfect way to end it because it's grown so much over that time. I yeah. feel like it's gotten a lot more structured. I think we've really recovered from the COVID. Yeah. <laughs> the big the big C. <laughs> you could call it that. Um, and and I think that's just amazing to look back on. I th- I think that's great. I think that's if actually if you're listening and you're coming to Linköping University, <laughs> apply to be an ambassador if you'd like to participate in this podcast. <laughs> Job ad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we got to promote. You know, mm. we're gonna leave. Someone, someone needs to come after us. That's actually, you know, uh, good that you bring that up. I mean, if people didn't get the hint yet, but um, well, now that we hopefully by the time this episode is published, we are alumni. Of Lane Shopping University. Yes, indeed. Um, there's going to be a couple of changes coming up at the podcast. Uh, so, But don't worry about it. We're going to... We made I mean, sure there is good newcomers coming. Exactly. So. Yes, you don't have to worry about it. But I think that's essentially it for today. I would say if you have questions or you'd like to suggest topics for the podcast you can send us a message on instagram mm. i'm sure the person managing it that week is gonna forward it to whoever's responsible for the podcast so yeah you know message university the university instagram that's the one <laughs> i can't say much right now because i'm holding back tears i'm like this is a baby i have to let go of that is Uh-oh. true that mm. is true but uh yeah I think that that is it for today. Yeah. I think we'll have to say goodbye. Well, goodbye and enjoy your time at Lean Shipping University. I hope you have just as an amazing time as I had and I guess as we had here as well. Yeah. It was great to know you. It's great to work alongside you. 
No, it was. It yeah. really was. <laughs> okay, that's it. I can't, I can't start it. Bye. <laughs> you have listened to Fika with us, with me, Julia, and my co-host, Rebecca. Don't forget to follow us on social media, Lanechapping University on Instagram and Facebook. It's really been a pleasure hosting Fika with us. So get excited to meet the new host next week. Bye.